Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about surrendering at every age. I originally uh, wrote this for the blog, for the Joyful Life magazine blog, when uh, they were talking about surrender for their whole month or two months back in 2019. But guess what? Surrendering never gets easier. Well, I guess it could through the years when you see that um, you can trust God with everything. And uh, so I wrote this thinking about all the way back to when I was pretty darn young and started practicing surrender. And um, maybe you're dealing with that today where you think, I don't, I don't really think that God is noticing me today. And I'm a little afraid to give him my whole life because uh, what if he doesn't exist? What if he, uh, what if my faith is for naught? Maybe he's not a God um, who's worth surrendering to. Today in my quiet time, I was reading about how Jesus came uh, to deny himself ultimately on the cross for um, all for love, really. So I kind of wanted to, I kind of want to do the same thing with my whole life. Now I'm 70 now. So I probably could add some more to the end of this because I wasn't 70 when I wrote it. Let's see why I ended it in my 60s. But I hope you enjoy this. And I hope it's, a, it's an exercise. I, I read this to you because it's an exercise that you could benefit from as well, I believe, to just sort of make a roadmap as to where you've known God um, and maybe doubted a little bit along the way and come back around or times where you've really seen him um, interrupt your life in a good way. So I call this needing Jesus at every age. It's a glory thing. At eight years old, I knew I needed Jesus. The Good News Club lady, I'm trying to think of her name now, said that I would miss out on heaven if I didn't get saved. Now, I didn't want hell. After all, who, who does? And Jesus offered an escape plan, which is what you think of when you're eight. Uh, that's about all I remember about that day, besides the cookies and the punch and the stain on the carpet as I peeked while praying the sinner's prayer. It was in my parents' living room. My mom would host good news clubs. I knew where the spots were on that carpet. I had probably made them. I knew I was a sinner. I needed Jesus at eight. At 15, I knew I needed Jesus. My friend Melody, Casey, and I had signed up for our first missions trip, doing vacation Bible school for the Native Americans in New Mexico. To be able to go on this trip, we had to meet with the church deacons and share why we wanted to go. I was nervous about that. That was, you know, I was 15, you're nervous about just about anything. And um, we had to go in by ourselves. And I felt like I needed a life verse. I had heard of life verses. Maybe you have too. And I figured it might help me to have one in the interview with the deacons. Uh, they were all very nice gentlemen. Probably one was my dad. And, uh, and of course, they approved me. But it was just part of the process. And uh, so I was looking for a life verse. So I prayed for it and I opened my Bible and like a Holy Ghost miracle, there it was, you know, you just open your Bible and see where it opens up. I was so, so spiritually mature at 15. And this was the verse 
And it's so gracious and merciful of God to give this to me at such an immature age when I really wasn't studying the Bible. And he um, had the spirit just have it open up to 2 Corinthians 5.15 in the New American Standard. It reads like this, and he died for all. There's that Jesus we were referring to earlier, so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. There you have it. I'll read it again. And he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. There you have it. Jesus gave all. I felt I must do the same. It was very, very logical. That made sense to me. It made sense to me. And I'm, I wasn't a particularly logical person, but there he was. He died. He gave all. Why? So that they who live, that's you and me, might no longer live for themselves, but for him, but for him. Um, it made sense. Shortly afterwards, I told my mother, uh, we were walking um, up the road via La Selva and Palos Verdes, where I was raised uh, one evening. And I said to her, when I grow up, I don't mind being a missionary. We were a missions church, good old Baptist church. And we heard lots of missionaries come and visit, and they would have dinner in our home, sometimes sleep over at our home. So I was used to missionaries and their stories and their great um, surrender of their whole lives uh, to God by going to a foreign land. So I thought that was like the epitome of surrendering to God. And I said to her, when I grow up, grow up Mom, I don't mind being a missionary. I do mind meeting a snake on the side of the road. I remember that I remember that conversation when I espied a snake outside my hut when I was living in Papua New Guinea. I was over at Ruth's hut, and I and she goes, "Watch out! There's a snake out there." Because they didn't have windows; they had um, screens because it was so warm. And I stayed inside the hut. That was a smart thing to do, <laughs> so I wouldn't step on that snake. So at 15, I needed Jesus to help me to surrender all snakes included. At 24, I knew I needed Jesus. I was walking around the school track under the bright stars in Central America. I was on a missions trip in Guatemala, and we were all staying at this junior high with some missionaries who ran this school. And as I was walking around this track late at night, I had it out with God. Lord, you know I'm yours. I'm here, after all, on another missions trip but I don't want to do missions alone. In fact, you know, I don't want to do life alone. I'm, I'm 24. I'm not dating. I don't want to be single. I have to tell you that the stars got blurry at that point. I kept walking and arguing. I remembered my life verse. He died so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. Some arguments aren't meant to be won. Tears streaming down my face, I cried out, you win, Lord. I want to be your woman more than I want what I want. Have you ever said that? I want to be your person, your man, your woman, more than I want what I want. I think that's surrender, daily surrender. Whatever, whoever, when, wherever, please help me be your woman, I cried out. I gave in and I gave him all I was, broken and heart bruised and not a lot to offer. I was a redhead before red hair was cool. I wore glasses and I had caps on my teeth. I had 
broken them in third grade. I didn't shine much in the talents department, but all that didn't seem to matter to him. What mattered was my trust. He wanted me. I needed Jesus to help me see that at 24. At 35, I knew I needed Jesus. A man in a silver Honda appeared from Iowa and proposed of all things, a good man, a stalwart man, a man approved by God, yet I was afraid to mess up a good single life, so I hesitated. While driving down California freeways, I prayed out loud, both hands on the steering wheel for most of the prayer, Lord God, if I can serve you better by getting married, all right then. <laughs> and I said it loudly, and my hands hit the wheel for emphasis. I wonder if someone was driving by and noticed me talking to myself. I was always one for emphasis. And I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. I knew that was a Holy Ghost prayer. It could not have come from me to say I was willing to be married if it glorified God more. That was from the Holy Spirit. And when I prayed that, I knew I was going to say yes to Mark. At 35, I needed Jesus to pray that prayer. We were married about five months later. And now we've been married 34 years. At 43, I knew I needed Jesus. I had felt sick all week long. By Saturday, I realized I was pregnant. I walked down our hall upstairs after taking a drugstore test, and I said to this man from Iowa, I'm pregnant. It's not my fault. <laughs> he had only wanted two kids, and this was our third he replied, you better take your vitamins. He's so practical. We were finished having kids. We thought two were good, two were enough. I had begun new ventures. I had begun speaking and teaching and writing. All of these ventures were in their infancy, yes, but on their way. And instead, Mary Grace was on her way, a beautiful and different kind of infancy. I needed Jesus to guide my mind shift. I'm going to be a mom again to give me wisdom, help me navigate the passions and hormones of these three girls, to give me, I needed Jesus to give me perspective. Lord, please provide my daughter's needs even when I fail, because I will fail. At 43, I needed Jesus to give me peace in the moment and peace for the future of three, not two. At 52, I knew I needed Jesus. I had um, been asking for a bigger kitchen for quite a long time. After 15 years of mentioning it off and on, my man in plaid said, if you want a bigger kitchen, he's kind of slow to speak, we have to push out the front of the house. Honest, that's how slow he said it. Now, I wasn't clear by what he meant by we. Okay, I replied, but it won't take a year to finish, will it? During that year, and for the next 13 years, we lived in half-finished rooms. I wore my hooded coat inside when it rained. Paper replaced walls. We call it Tyvek paper. Stray cats entered uninvited, racing after entire mice families, also uninvited. Drywall dust blanketed my desk, my sofa, my hair. 
Guests touted Mark's prowess and glanced my way with wide-eyed sympathy. I took it all. I took all the sympathy. Our girls wrote college entrance essays about the challenges of growing up remodeling and received scholarships. At 52 and the ensuing years, I needed Jesus to trust my man in plaid to swallow my complaints along with the drywall dust to rejoice with hope, believing I would one day walk into a finished kitchen. Come on by. You will not need a hooded coat any longer. I needed Jesus at 52. At 66, I knew I needed Jesus. My girls are grown. They have left the nest, but now two have found their way back home at 66, investigating new careers in grad schools. Another daughter calls daily. I am her entertainment as she waits for the bus or walks to and from work in downtown San Francisco. As a mother of girls, one moment I think I know what's what, and then I don't. One moment one needs advice, and then she doesn't. Or one needs a new routine or a new boyfriend or more protein in their diet or a new life. <laughs> I laugh and I think I gave them life once. Why are they asking me again? I'm tired. I laugh and I cry and I pray some more. I need I needed Jesus at 66 as I navigated the joy-filled but unpredictable waters of parenting, adult children, and I still do at 70. I need Jesus just as much. I'm fully convinced that one main reason we become parents is to learn to trust God better and deeper. I needed Jesus at eight, didn't you? At 15, at 24, at 35 at 66, at 70, and all the years and months and moments in between, even when I wasn't paying close enough attention to him. Neediness begets neediness. That's a good thing when you're needing God. And as I surrender each day, I find it's a glory thing because God delights in our dependence. Francis Roberts, who is now in glory, was uh, before Jesus' calling years. And she wrote these words of God's invitation. She also would write in first person like Jesus' calling. This is what she wrote. Lay thyself upon my breast and lose thyself in me. That's Jesus talking. Lay thyself. It's an invitation. You know, I'm all about the invitation. God says to you and to me every day, lay thyself upon my breast and lose thyself in me. Through all these many years, I've needed Jesus and he has celebrated my coming. He's intended from the beginning that I find my rest in him. To lose myself in him at any age and at every stage, surrendering daily. It's a glory thing. Will you surrender to your father today and lay yourself on his breast? It is worth it all. Have a wonderful day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.